0: shake hands fellowship one with another welcome our visitors said rushers come forward to receive our offering again you that are visiting with us we want you to know we're so thrilled and honored to have you with us today and the little guest card in the packet you received if you'll take that fill it out put it in an offering plate here we'd like to send you some information this week about the church and we want you to get to know us and we want to get to know you but we're certainly thrilled about having you with us and good to have several folk that are visiting with us aaron's mother and dad's with us today good to have them And again robert good to have robert home for you that are new, Robert and Dawn are one of our missionaries out of this church, and they're serving the Lord in Germany, and it's good to have them home. He's home for a couple of days, but good to have them. And then others, but good to have my family. Sherry's dad's here, and, and Sherry's sister, and Sherry's brother-in-law's here. Say amen. Let you folks stand. Let's welcome them to service. We appreciate them. Thank the Lord for them. Another Gary, Eva, or Marisa spoke at the... Uh, ladies banquet last night they said you had a, a time over there last night I had 150 ladies or something like that and the men in fact I've been given instructions this morning to tell all of you men that you did a great job and many of the wives are just absolutely shocked they didn't know you could do anything they didn't know you could serve tables and wash dishes but all the men that helped in the ladies appreciation banquet would you stand please and let's give them all a good hand they did a great job appreciate it Appreciate all of you that helped. Just a couple of things. Let me remind you, next Sunday is the beginning of our summer revival. Tim Lee will be here starting Sunday morning, going through Wednesday nights. You don't want to forget next weekend. It's going to be a great time. I hope all week long you'll be praying and asking the Lord to bless. And then, of course, the Golden Agers are leaving in the morning on their trip. They'll be gone for the week. We're leaving at 8 o'clock. We leave at 8 o'clock. So if you come at 801... Uh, We'll miss you. Say amen uh, until we leave at 8 o'clock. So I would recommend you get here by no later than 7.30. And that's to get everything loaded on the bus and different things. And uh, so, like I said, we're leaving at 8. So uh, be here a few minutes early. And we're looking forward to our time together. Put this name on our prayer list and our hospital list. Ms. Hubbard is at Memorial Hospital. And so you remember her. She was taken there, so she's at Memorial. So let's be praying for Ms. Hubbard. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for all you're doing. We ask you, Lord, to continue to move through this service. We're so glad that you are alive. And we come today to celebrate the fact that you are a living Lord. Bless now the offering and everything that is yet to come. In Jesus' name, Amen.
1: Men said I hate to doubt it For Jesus touched my eyes And I was blind And he made me see And there's no doubt about it But this man's needs are more serious than mine. Suppose that second man said no need to bother. This man's condition will remain the same. Though Jesus touched my head when it was withered, I don't believe he can heal a man so lame. Suppose that third man said, I hate the question, but no one here is more skeptical than me. Though Jesus cleansed me when I was a leper, this helpless mind will never walk. You see, that every... that's
2: I was straying in sin's dark valley. No hope within could I see. But they searched through heaven And found a Savior to save. I'm gonna sing a
0: beat that with a stick can you take your Bible and turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 4 the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 4 rather 1 Chronicles chapter 4 and we're going to continue this morning looking at the prayer of Jabez would you stand as we honor the reading of his word 1 Chronicles 4 verse 9 and 10 1 Chronicles chapter 4 verse 9 and 10 You're familiar with these two verses now. This is my fifth week in this text. One more week that I'm going to spend in it. And we'll conclude this particular uh, portion of Scripture. But what a great passage it is. Verse 9, 1 Chronicles 4. Bible said, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thine hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil that it may not grieve me. Latter part of verse 10 said, And and God granted him that which he requested. Now let's read verse 10 together. This is our prayer. This is, I'm challenging you to make this your prayer and as a church for it to become our prayer. Verse 10, let's read it together. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, O oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thine hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Thank you. you. may be seated. This morning, I want us to look at the fourth and the final part of his prayer. And as I said, we'll come back next Sunday night or next Sunday morning and conclude everything. But I want you to look at the fourth and the final petition where Jabez prays, Lord, keep me from evil. Let's pray. Our Father, this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, it has already been a delight and a joy to be in the house of the Lord. My heart is blessed that you have been blessed. And my heart rejoices that your name has been exalted and that people have lifted up your name and they have rejoiced and given you praise. You so deserve it. And we thank you this morning for all that you are. Now, Father, it is our prayer today that you would bless us and bless us indeed. Lord, we're asking you to enlarge our coast. Lord, we're asking you that your hand be with us. Now, Father, this morning speak to us and help us, Lord, to begin to pray, Lord, that you would keep us from evil. Give us a word today that will strengthen us. Give us a word that will help us. Give us a word that will benefit us And we'll praise you and we'll thank you for it is in the name of Jesus Christ we ask these things. Amen. I read about a particular fellow that was having problems finding a parking space. And he finally parked at a no parking zone and he left a note on his windshield that read, I've circled the block for 20 minutes. I'm late for an appointment and if I don't park here, I'll lose my job. Forgive us our trespasses. He came back later that afternoon and he found a parking ticket on his windshield and a note that read, I've circled the block for 20 years and if I don't give you a ticket, I'll lose my job. Lead us not into temptation. (laughs) Well, may I say this morning as we come to the fourth and the final petition of the prayer of Jabez... In essence, he prays what our Lord taught his disciples to pray, lead us not into temptation. If you've been with us over the past several weeks, then you know we've been looking at the prayer of Jabez and looking at the four things Jabez prayed for. Here are the four things that he prayed for. One, Jabez prayed that the Lord would bless him and bless him indeed. The emphasis is placed there in the word indeed. And Jabez is saying, Lord, I want you to bless me, and I want you to bless me a lot. The second thing that Jabez prayed for was that God would enlarge his coast. He said, this is where my territory is, but I want you to expand my territory. Give me more. The third thing that he prayed for, and we looked at last Sunday morning, is he prayed that the hand of God would be with him, a hand that symbolized the presence of God. A hand that symbolized the power of God. Jabez said, I want the hand of the Lord to be with me. Then the fourth and the final thing that he prayed for, which we're going to look at today, is he prays that God would keep him from evil. Now, my opinion, in all the things we have looked at, it is the fourth petition of his prayer that is the most important of all the things that he has asked for. You see, whether or not Jabez experienced the first three depended on whether or not he got an answer to the fourth one. You see, if Jabez wanted to be blessed indeed, he had to be kept from evil. If he wanted God to enlarge his coast, he had to be kept from evil. If he wanted the hand of God to be with him, then he had to be kept from evil. And of all the things that he prayed for, this is the most important and this is the most critical of his four petitions. You see, as we have looked at the prayer Jabez over the past few weeks if the prayer, prayer of Jabez is taught as anything, it is taught as that God wants to do great and mighty things for us. It is taught as that God wants to do great and mighty things with us and that God wants to do great and mighty things through us and that God wants to do great and mighty things by us. But if we are not kept from evil, then none of these Things will be experienced many years ago R.A. Torrey a great evangelist in the early part of this century He gave a prescription for revival and he said I guarantee this prescription to bring revival to any town and to any community And he listed about four things but the first one was this and this is what he said Let a few people and it need not be many yet thoroughly right with God And then he went on to put emphasis on that statement by saying that if they did not get right with God, then anything else he had to say would all be in vain and would come to naught. In other words, what Tory was saying, if there is evil, there'll be no revival. And if you don't deal with evil, there will not be revival. Or to put it in the words of our text, what R.A. Tory was saying is that the hand of God will not be with us, our coast will not be enlarged, and we will not be blessed indeed if we do not deal with evil. So the the fourth thing that he prays for, again, in my opinion, is the most important of his petitions. He prayed that God would keep him from evil. You see the word evil there? The word that Jabez used is translated many different ways in the Bible. The majority of the time when it is not translated evil, it is translated wicked or wickedness or bad. There are occasions when you find that it's translated wrong. On occasions it is translated Displease. And at times you find that the word is translated hurt or harm. Now this is what Jabez was praying about. When Jabez said, Lord, I want you to keep me from evil, he is dealing with sin. He's talking about sin in his life. And he's saying, Lord, I want you to keep me from that, which is displeasing to you, and I want you to keep me from that, which will be hurtful and harmful in my life as a believer. So understanding what Jabez is praying about, Keep me from evil. Let me just give you three things that I want you to think about this morning that goes along with the prayer, Jabez, keep me from evil. Three things I want to quickly give to you. One, I want to say a word to you about fearing the potential of evil. Fearing the potential of evil. Are you with me now? Say amen. Amen. Fearing the potential of evil. You see, when Jabez prayed, Lord, I want you to keep me from evil. It reveals the fact that Jabez is aware that there is the potential of evil in his life. If there was no, if there was not a potential of evil, then he wouldn't have to pray this prayer. But because Jabez is very much aware that he is not beyond sin and that he has the potential of doing evil in his life, therefore he asks God, Lord, I want you to keep me from evil. It reminds me of the potential of evil in our life. I want you to listen to me this morning. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how great of a Christian you are. I want you to listen to me for a few minutes. As a believer, we must never forget that in every one of us, there is a potential of doing wrong. That in every child of God, there is a potential of falling into sin And there is a potential of doing evil I think about what Paul said in Galatians 6 1 he said in Galatians 6 1 brethren if a man be overtaken in a fault ye which are spiritual restore such a one and the spirit of meekness now notice this considering thyself also lest thou be tempted now Paul talked about those that were overtaken in a fault That word fault there is a word that literally means to slip. It's like an icy day, a snowy day, and you step on a patch of ice and your feet go out from under you. Paul, when he talks about someone taking, being overtaken in a fall, he's talking about somebody that has slipped into sin or somebody that has fallen into sin. And this was Paul's warning to the believer. He said, I want you, when you look at somebody that has fallen, when you look at somebody that has slipped into sin that I want you to consider yourself also lest the same thing happen in your life in other words what Paul is saying is there is nobody beyond sin no one beyond sin amen there is no one in which there is not the potential of committing sin and I believe there are three reasons why why is there a potential of doing sin or committing sin why is there a potential of evil in my life? Why is there a potential of evil in your life? There are three reasons. Number 1. There's what I would call an internal reason. An internal reason. What do you mean an internal reason? When I'm talking about an internal reason, I'm talking about what the Bible calls the flesh. The Bible speaks about the believer as having two natures. It often talks about being or talks about the old man and it talks about the new man. You see, there is a part of us, if you're saved, there's a part of you that wants to do right. There's a part of you that wants to please God. There's a part of you that wants to serve God. If I, I would say this, if you don't have any desire to serve God, care not about God, it's an indication you're a one nature and you don't have two natures and what you need is to be saved. Amen? Amen? But a man that has been saved, there's a part of him that wants to please God, but on the other hand, There's still a part of him that is still attracted to the world. And there's a part of us that still uh, the world appeals to, and there's a part of us that still thinks about the past life and what it's called the flesh. In fact, I was reading a story the other day. I was reading not a story, but reading about the cuckoo bird. I didn't know this about a cuckoo bird. But you know a cuckoo bird never builds its own nest. What it does, it flies around, And he looks for a nest or looks for another bird's nest where eggs have already been laid. And he watches until the mother leaves the nest and then the cuckoo bird flies in and lays lays one egg in that nest and then he flies off. And so mother bird comes back and she gets back to the work of hatching her eggs. Well, what happens over a period of time is that you have these little eggs, let's say a thrush's nest. Cuckoo bird flew in, laid an egg in a thrush's nest and then it flies out. And here in a, few, in a few days, whatever it is, you'll find these little thrushes hatch out of their eggs, and there's one big old cuckoo bird sitting in that nest. And so Mother Thrush goes to get a big old nice juicy worm, big old fat, juicy, A1 juicy worm. I know you're fixing your go eat, so I want to get you hungry. So he goes to get his big juicy worm, and flies in to feed a little birds and you got four little old petite thrush mouths open. And you got this one gigantic cuckoo bird with this mouth open. Well, guess who gets the worm? And what happens is the big cuckoo bird keeps getting bigger and bigger. And the small thrushes keep getting smaller and smaller until they die. And the cuckoo bird throws the little dead thrushes out of the nest. Well, if I can put it this way, every believer has two birds in your nest. And there's one that is wanting that which is right, and there is one that is wanting that which is wrong. There's a part of you that wants to please God, but at the same time, there's still a part of you that is drawn to this world. And because of that internal reason, there is the potential of you doing wrong. Are you listening to me? Because there is a part of you that is unconverted, there is always the danger of you slipping or falling into sin. There's a second reason. There is not only this matter, or let me just look at Galatians 5, verse 16 for just a minute. I know we got it on the screen. I'll mess them upstairs if I mess them up upstairs if I don't point that out to you. Look in Galatians 5. In Galatians 5, verse 16, Paul gives a vivid description of the flesh, and he said, Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That word lust there uh, talks about longings, the longings of the flesh. And what are those longings? Paul said in verse 17, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other. In other words, he's saying the longings of the flesh is, It longs for that which is the opposite of what God wants in our lives. So there's that internal enemy. Now the second reason. There's a reason, second, first reason why there is in in us a potential to do evil is our flesh. But there is a second reason, and I call it an external reason. There's an internal reason to flesh, but there's an external reason why there is in us the potential to do wrong. What am I talking about when I talk about an external reason? I'm talking about the world. Listen to what John said in 1 John 2, 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, for if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, there's an external reason why we all live with the danger of doing wrong and why we live with the potential of doing evil. One, there's a part of us that likes to do wrong. and The second reason is there's a world out there that is entertaining us and trying to get us to do wrong. It's the world. Now, what do we mean when we talk about the world? we talking about a system of things that is in the opposite of the things of God. Here's what God wants for our life, but here's the world trying to pull us away from those things. So here is this part of us that likes to do wrong, and here is a world giving us every opportunity to fulfill our desires and to fulfill our wishes and to do wrong. It is an external enemy. Reminds me a lot of the sirens of Greek mythology. You remember reading about them when you were in school? And there was these sea nymphs that would charm sailors with their beautiful singings. And they would charm them and and fill them with an irresistible desire to cast themselves into the waters and drown themselves or to draw their ships on the rocks. Homer tells of Odysseus who was forced to sail past the dangerous rocks of the sirens and he stuffed the ears of his men with wax so they would not hear them. Even uh, Ulysses even tied himself to uh, to the ship's mast so that he would not be drawn inside. It's like this world is the sirens of this world. There are all these things out there that are pulling at us. And all those things out there that are drawing us. And all those things out there that are trying to pull us into sin. It is an external reason. But there's a third reason, may I hasten on. There's an internal reason, it's the flesh. There's an external reason, it's the world. But there's what I call a third reason. That's an in The third reason, an infernal reason, which is the devil that is going to do everything to get us to do wrong. 1 Peter 5 and verse 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary is the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may desire. See, there is an enemy out there. You know why? I believe there is the potential for everyone in this room to do wrong. So I know about brother so-and-so and what he did. I know about Sister So and so and what she did. I want you to listen to me. You could be the guilty of the same thing. You could very well do the same thing. Even worse. Amen. There is a potential in every one of us to do wrong. Why? There's a part of us that likes to do wrong. And there's a world that wants to get us to do wrong. And there is a devil bent on getting us to do wrong. It's like an old Salvation Army hymn that has the lines, the devil and me, we don't agree. I hate him and he hates me. Well, the devil hates us. And he's going to do everything that he can. There's an old Scottish proverb that says, the devil's boots don't creak. And what it simply means is he's like a lion. He's not... Just out there hiding behind the bushes to jump out and holler boo and scare you. No, he wants to jump out and to devour you. The word devour has the ideal of a a lion taking its prey and just ripping it apart and gulping it down. You've got an enemy out there. And that's why we should live with the fear of the potential of evil. Jabez, he wanted God to bless him. He wanted God to enlarge his coast. He wanted the hand of God to be with him. But he also knew that there was within himself the potential to do wrong. Therefore, he said, Lord, keep me from evil. You ought to keep that fear, that fear that God would keep us from evil. Second of all, are you with me now? Say amen. Amen. Not only fearing the potential of evil, but second of all, let me say a word about fleeing the presence of evil. Fleeing the presence of evil. Jabez is saying, Lord, I want you to keep me from evil. He's aware that he could do evil. He is conscious that he's not beyond evil, doing that which would displease God. So he prays, Lord, keep me from evil. He's praying not only about the potential of evil, but the presence of evil. I think about Paul's words to Timothy. And he wrote first and 2 Timothy to a young pastor to give him some guidelines about church administration and different things like that. But he also gave him some personal instructions. And one of the most practical things he said to Timothy was this: 2 Timothy 2.22, flee also youthful lust. Those words youthful lust literally mean, as Kenneth Weiss describes, a great Greek scholar, as lusts that are peculiar to flaming youth. And he said, I want you to flee. That is, I want you to run from, turn from, shun the things that particularly draw us to sin. Now, what do I think of? When I read those words, there's a couple of things that comes to my mind. One, there is the truth that we must accept. Now, look up here at me. There is a truth that we must accept, whether you will admit it or not, whether you want to admit it or not. And I'm not going to ask you to publicly admit it, but I want you to admit it in yourself. But whether you do or not, and each and every one of us in this room today I don't care who you are, I don't care how old you are, I don't care how young you are, I don't care how spiritual you are, or at least think you are, I don't care who you are, and every one of us today, there are areas that we are especially vulnerable in. And there are areas and weaknesses in our life and areas that that maybe, for example, they may be something that might be a problem that I struggle in, may not bother you at all. On the other hand, what you and area you struggle in may not affect me or phase me whatsoever. Someone over here, maybe alcoholic beverages would be their weaknesses. But on the other hand, here's someone else. They don't have any trouble with alcohol, but they do have trouble with pornography. Over here, someone else, they've got this problem. Over here, they've got this problem. But they're especially vulnerable in that particular area. It's like an old Latin proverb. We put it on the screen. We all, or we have all a propensity to grasp at forbidden fruit. I hear somebody say, but oh, no, Brother Ken, not me. I don't have a problem with anything. Well, as I said, all of us have certain weaknesses, different areas, and for some, it just happens to be lying. Can I get an amen right there? We all have problems, and wise is the person who is honest with himself. And recognizes when they and where they are vulnerable and foolish is the person who is so self-righteous and self-denial that it blinds them to the truth about themselves I remember reading not too long ago I was reading about Robert Bruce and the Scottish Highlanders and their victory over the English at the famous Battle of Bannockburn and during the battle you one of the ways they won they were so outnumbered, but charged by the death of Wallace, they, Robert Bruce led them against the English. And one of the ways they beat them is they leapt onto the horses of the heavily uh, armored clad Englishmen and took their dirks or knives, as we would call it, and thrust them into the keeks or the cranks or cheeks of their mail or their armor. I read the story and I thought about how in every one of our lives, we are clothed and we are strong in many, many areas, but there are always chinks in the mail and there's always chinks in the armor. And the devil knows how to find those chinks. Listen to me. There's a truth we must accept that in every one of us, there are areas that we have trouble with. Therefore, second of all, there is not only the truth we must accept, but there's the temptation we must avoid. That's what Paul said to Timothy. Flee. Youthful lust. you got to run from those things that are tempting to you. you got to shun those things especially tempting to you. Like a Spanish proverb. I think I put it on the screen. This gets the point across. Be not a baker if your head be of butter. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? He who has, as Robert South put it, he who has no mind to trade with the devil should keep from his shop. What am I saying? If there are certain places that tend to pull you down, then avoid those places. Brother kid, I don't know why I keep falling. But you look at it. are Are you going right back to the same place? Are you reading the same things? Are you looking at the same things? Whatever it is that is your weakness, then avoid it. Run from it. Stay away. John Dryden said, better shun the bait than struggle in the snare. Mark Twain didn't have a spiritual bone about him, but he hit the nail on the head head when he said, it's easier to stay out than get out. You got to shun the story. It's like Spurgeon told the story one time of a lady that was advertising to hire a driver for her carriage. A wealthy lady. So she ran an ad, and people came and interviewed her to drive her carriage. And this is what she did. She painted a picture. She painted a picture of a winding mountain road, and off to the side, fell off into a deep gorge. And she asked the question. She said, how close to that edge can you drive without putting me or my occupants in danger? There were many answers. One man said, I can get about a foot away without putting anybody in danger. One man was so bold, he said, I can get two or three inches away, and you never have to worry about it. But you know who got the job? The man said, I'm going to stay away as far away from the edge as I can. When it comes to the matter of sin and temptation, there are things that pull at you and there are things that appeal to you. It may be what, it may be where, and it may even be a who. But there are some things that pull at you. Don't try to get so close without getting burnt. Stay as far away as you can. That's what Paul's talking about. Run from evil. Amen shun evil, fleeing the presence of evil. Jabez said, Lord I want you to bless me indeed. I want you to enlarge my coast. I want your hand to be upon me. And Lord I want you to keep me from evil. Now let me sum it all up in the third and the final point. I'm about fearing the potential of evil. I'm worried about fleeing the presence of evil. But I want to give you just a word in closing about facing the price of evil. Facing the fact that Of what evil will cost you no doubt the first and foremost thought behind this particular petition of Jabez was that evil would cost him he prays that God would bless him indeed but Jabez is aware that if I do evil it'll cost me those blessings Jabez is praying Lord I want you to enlarge my coast here's where my landmarks are but I want you to move my landmarks way out here. I want more. But Jabez is aware that if he does evil, then he'll lose that extra territory. He prays, Lord, I want your hand to be with me. I want to know your power. I want to know your presence. But he knows that if he, doesn't, that if he, that if he does evil, that he'll lose that power. He realizes the price of his sin. Two things. Let me give them to you quickly. One, I want you to understand this this morning. Evil can stop us from being blessed evil can stop us what is evil it's that which displeases god and that which brings hurt and harm you know what jabez prayed lord keep me from evil that it may not grieve me he realized that sin could stop him from being blessed the psalmist drove it home when he made this statement in Psalm 66:18. 18 if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me when I pray. In other words, if there's evil in your life and you can pray for the blessings of God to be upon you, but he's not going to hear you. Is that right? Isn't that what the Bible says? Doesn't the Bible say if I regard iniquity in my heart, he will not hear me? In simple words, if I'm not right, he will not answer my prayer. is that what the Bible says? All right, if I ask God to bless me and if I regard iniquity in my heart, am I going to be blessed? No. If I ask God to enlarge my coast and evil in my life, am I going to be blessed? No. If I ask God's hand to be with me and there's evil in my life, is God's hand going to be with me? No. You see, sin can stop you from being blessed. Now, listen to me this morning. I want you to understand something, especially these young, young people. I want you to understand something. We were all young. I know you look at us and we think, them old people, they don't know anything about life. Old people, they don't understand anything. But I want you to understand something, young people. This may shock you, but we probably did the same things that you're trying to hide from your parents. Am I not right? We know about it. We did the same things, thought the same things, tried the same things. We did the same things, and we've been there. And I would be less than honest with you this morning if I got up here and said, look, hey, go out and live in sin and you won't have a good time. You know, the Bible talks about the pleasures of sin. The Bible talks about the pleasures of sin. The word pleasure there simply means the enjoyment of sin. But it also adds there that it's for season. See, I would lie to you this morning if I said, hey, go out and live in sin, you won't have a good time. And no, you probably will. You didn't have a good time for a while. Because somewhere the pleasures of sin run out. You see, the pleasures of sin are only for a short time. But I want you to think about something. Say, you want to go out. You want to give up your blessings. You want to give up your coast being enlarged. And, and you want to give up God's hand being with you. But the pleasures of sin, have you ever thought about what you gain versus what you lose? I was reading the other day, uh, Guinness Book of World Records, and I was reading about the largest. Movie lost, movie lost on record. And the largest movie lost, according to Guinness Book of World Records, was Arnold Schwarzenegger's Last Action Hero. It cost them $124,053,994 to make the movie. You know how much it grossed? $44 million. If I understand that, that was a resounding loss of $80 million. But you go out and you're going to try your sin, your pleasure, and you're going to get a little pleasure for a little while. But wait a minute. Is it worth being blessed indeed by God? Is it worth God enlarging your coast? Is it worth the hand of God being with you? No, you may gain a little bit, but you give up far more by, from what you lose from God. It stops you from being blessed. Second of all, not only can it stop you from being blessed, but it can strip you of what you already have. Say, for example, let's go on the other hand. You're someone that has prayed, Lord, bless me indeed, and the Lord has blessed you indeed. He's blessing you more. Some of you are praying the prayer of Jabez. Some of you come up and said to him, Oh, the prayer of Jabez is doing this and it's doing that in my life. You're being blessed indeed and, you're, and whatever. And I say you're praying that and God is blessing you and God is enlarging your coast, giving you greater opportunities to serve God, opening doors for you where he can take you and do something with your life. And the hand of God has been with you. Say you're enjoying all that, but I want you to understand something. Evil can strip you of what you already have. I'll never forget a story. I'm just bound through. I'll never forget a story I read years ago. Years ago, I read this story about a school, a little, a little college got up one morning to find its water supply was cut off or they had no water so they called in the plumbery checked all the plumbing everything was right couldn't find anything wrong called in the water department and after much searching they found the cause a mile from the college where the small pipeline that fed supplied water to the college was connected to the main water line a huge toad or a frog had been got into the water line and had literally been sucked into the small water line, cutting off and blocking and cutting off the water supply to the college. It's like here's our life. The main water line, that's God and all He wants to do for us. And you pray, God, I want you to give me a water line coming off of that. I want your blessings to flow in my life. I don't want to be a brill cream Christian We're a dab do. I want you to bless me indeed. I want you to enlarge my coast. I want to do what I've never done before and go where I've never been before and see what I've never seen before and be what I've never been before. God, I want you to enlarge my coast. I want your hand to be with me. I want to know your power. But all it takes is evil to cut all of that off in your life. And you be deprived of all of your blessings. So what I'm saying to to you this morning, we talk about all that God wants us to do. If there's any prayer of all the four things he prayed for, if there's any you ought to pray for every day with the urgency of your life, it is, Lord, keep me from evil. Look at the prayer. Look at the prayer. Jabez 410. Lord, bless me indeed. Lord, bless. I want you to enlarge my coast. Lord, I want you your hand to be with me. and Lord, I want you to keep me from evil. Let's stand on their feet please.